This is Life Transformation Radio. Prepare to engage. Seatbelt activated. Download initiated. Your quantum journey of transformation begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to Life Transformation Radio. Hi, I'm Rob Actis, best-selling author of The Law of Action, voice actor, business mindset coach, the podcast whisperer, and Mr. Action himself. Here at Life Transformation Radio, we are committed to share more about real life, love, the power of positivity, romance, and of course, laughter. We care about helping others find their internal drive and purpose. We celebrate life's challenges and overcoming them. And on this show, my guests are amazing people who are forces for good in the world around them and live a life of transformation. My guest today does just that. Today, my friend Jason Holzer and I discuss how to turn your burdens into blessings. If you want to learn how to overcome anything, believe in yourself and turn your burdens into blessings, well, this is the show for you. Jason is the co-founder of 40 Athletes and a globally recognized leader in the areas of education, mental fitness, coaching, and leadership. He's also a best-selling author in the field of post-traumatic growth and resilience with his book, Shattered by Suicide, Renewed by Resilience. And it's reached thousands of readers globally. Over 13 years of experience in coaching and teaching, Jason understands what it takes to develop and inspire others to live their purpose and help others become the best version of themselves. My friend Jason, welcome to Life Transformation Radio. Thank you for having me on the show today. Excited to be here, man. Looking forward to diving in. Absolutely. I think uh, you have an incredible story about your life and, and how you have overcome many obstacles and you definitely have lived a life of transformation. So I'm very happy to have you here. Now, before we started recording, uh, you mentioned that, you know, the kids are kind of exhausted. It's it's the holiday time. We're, we're getting close to uh, 2023 and there's a lot of people that are really suffering. Um, it, it brings out uh, incredible, deep, dark, uh, emotions in a lot of people and mental health during the holidays is something that is really profound and a lot of people are suffering right now so my heart goes out to them and you know I know that you have had some some issues in that respect and and had some challenges in the mental health arena so why don't you go ahead and just share a little bit of that yeah, you know, um, so it was almost 20 years ago. I was 17. I actually lost my, my father, passed away by suicide. And I wow. can remember uh, that first Christmas when he was uh, when he was gone. And I was like, it was such a, you know, the holidays can be such a joyous moment, but it could also be very triggering at the same time, you know. And so, um, and long, long story short, 20 years later, I've, I've learned to, uh, done a lot of self-work, on in on, healing process to be able to share my story. But I know it was, it was very tough at the beginning trying to, you know, navigate through those, those big emotions. And to be honest, as a 17, 18 year old, instead of navigating them and facing them, I really did a lot of like suppressing and pushing to the side because they were really hard to handle at the time. I didn't really know how to do that. Well, yeah, well, you know, suicide in just, is suicide. And, and I have lost a handful of people um, that have taken their lives over this past couple of years. And uh, the stress just gets too much. You know, I lost my father in November of last year. Um, he was 
90 years old. He died. Um, he didn't take his life. Um, at times I wish he would have taken his life because he was in a hospital bed for two years, just kind of like withering away. Um, I can't imagine, uh, really what that would be like at 17 years old when you're just about ready to become a man and the world sees you, but you're really a boy at 17. I mean, you know, 17 year old boys aren't going to admit that, but as an adult and you know, uh, it's their kids, they're, they're still, they're still boys. And uh, that must have been really, really difficult. Yeah, you know, looking back, you know, uh, whether my dad was here or not, as a 17, 18 year old, like, you know, you, you really realize like how much you don't know about being an adult. It's almost like you're a baby adult, right? I mean, you're just so much to try to figure out and learn. And I'll never forget this, though. Um, I talk about it in my book. Uh, there was a, a lady that came up to me, though. She was an elderly lady of maybe a family friend or something. I didn't really know her all that well, but she goes, uh, well, it looks like you're the man of the house now. And I was like, as a 17 year old, I'm like, what does that mean? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm making yeah. minimum wage as a, as working at a grocery store. I'm a junior in high school. I'm like, I don't know what it looks like to provide for a family. And, you know, luckily my mom, uh, reassured me that, you know, you just, just try to make it through. I'm the, I'm the adult here. I'll find a way, you know, help as much as you can, but don't feel like you have to be the provider of a family at 17. So, right, right. you know, it's really interesting, you know, what people will say in certain times to try to either make you feel better, but that was definitely not a uplifting comment uh, at the time for sure, you know. Yeah, difficult. Were you close with your father? Yeah, very much so. My dad was, you know, uh, very involved. You know, he was, he, it wasn't, I, I, and looking back, you know, I wish I would have, I uh, could have, you know, seen some, some things differently where, you know, or even like been able to ask a question, Hey, Hey dad, are you okay? Because, you know, I saw him as somebody that, you know, he worked hard. He had a, you know, had a, a belief of doing things the right way. Uh, you know, him, my mom and him were together for 20 plus years. You know, I mean, all the, there was nothing like externally that would say, Hey, you know, he would be a guy that would take his own life. You know, he was volunteering a lot, you know, gave his time, cared about his kids, you know, so he was funny too. He had a great sense of humor. Um, and so, yeah, we were, you know, it was, it was tough because the guy that I, you know, was finally starting to ask questions to about like, what's it mean to be a man? What does that look like? Now I had to figure it out from other avenues, other, other mentors and, you know, cause he was, he was gone, you know? Yeah. You know, one of the things and it's, it's a big topic of conversation now in 2022 is that men, uh, don't show their emotions. We've been raised to not show our emotions and not that anything is ever wrong. And, you know, that makes it difficult. And I think that's one of the reasons why men's suicide rate is so high because they just keep plugging along and everything's fine. And then all of a sudden they're, they're gone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've always, this, this kind of came to me and Oh, what I've learned is that anything that's suppressed still eventually gets expressed, but then it, it gets expressed in ways like anger, lashing out, you know, uh, addiction to substances or you name it. So, I mean, there's, if we can end the stigma that, you know, showing emotion is a sign of weakness, but right. more of a sign of strength, like, Hey, I don't have it figured out. I need help here. Like, you know, I'm trying my best, but things aren't working out, you know, or not as I would hope for, then I think that just 
you know, it, it takes down the pressure a little bit of not feeling like you have to have everything figured out. You know, like once you yeah. admit like, you know what, I'm, I'm failing and I need help, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you know? And I think the being able to just have the ability to uh, feel like it's okay to admit that would I think ease a lot of the the pressure on, on men and trying to be a, a provider or, or have it all figured out. Yeah. My first, my first marriage, um, my wife, I wasn't, everything had to be great. I wasn't allowed to, you know, if I, if I ever tipped my hand that anything was wrong, I was being weak or, you know, don't, you know, yeah. and, uh, that was, that was challenging. And, and now I have an incredible wife, Tanya. And, um, you know, I, I lost a business. Lost, we lost two businesses over the pandemic. Some brick and mortar businesses just didn't survive. And I told her, I said, you know, um, I'm, I'm in a really dark place. I'm really, I'm really struggling to try and figure this out. This was our, you know, our retirement. This was our, our big thing. And, and, you know, she just kind of held me and she goes, I believe in you. And, you know, um, and it's, it's amazing how just that little bit of just being able to just like, it's almost like a, a pressure cooker. You know, you just hold it in and hold it in and hold it in. And I was able to have that conversation and just say, look, uh, you know, I, I'm not taking my life. I, I, I don't feel I'm suicidal, but I just don't want to be here. That was the weirdest thing. You know, I was like, I, I, I got nothing. I don't want to be here. And, um, you know, it, it released a lot of steam, a lot of pressure to know that I was able to be vulnerable with her and to know that, you know, we're going to get through it. Because I think a lot of men, um, sadly, don't, don't have that. They have to be that, that rock solid. Um, you know, unfortunately, it, it, it's a sign of weakness in a lot of women's minds if a man shows emotion. And I think that's one of the reasons. I think it's like nine, I don't know the percentages, but suicide for men is like 90%. Of, you know, between men and women, it's like a lot. I don't know exactly, but I just saw that the other day and I was like, wow. You know, so that conversation is is opening up. Yeah. Thank God. And it's significantly higher too because, you know, men have more aggressive ways of trying to attempt suicide as well, right? Um, and Yeah. And I think, you know, like you mentioned earlier, like being in a dark spot, like a lot of times we're not sure, you know, when like when, when you're in a dark room, you're not sure like, how am I going to get out of this? Right. Because you can't see like beyond the darkness. Right. So, but one thing I've learned though, too, is like when you're in these dark places, you know, there, that's when your light can shine the brightest at the same time. Like knowing like, Hey, you know, I'm able to make it through. I'm able to, you know, if I've gone through this already, then there's nothing I can't handle coming ahead too. So it gives you like some optimism. Like, you know, I've, I've done this, I've gone through this. So any challenges I face now is like, man, I can, I've, I've made it through a pandemic. I've made it through losing my dad to suicide. Like I can make it through this as well. And what are maybe some lessons that it's trying to teach me along the way? Because life is just one big learning lesson, whether you figure it out through like inspiration or intuition, or whether you figure it out the hard way, there's still a lesson that's trying to help you for what's next. And if you can find the lesson and even the challenging moments, you know, you're going to be better off in the long run and being able to look back and reflect on it. Yeah, this is, I just looked up this statistic. Um, I've never seen this before. 
one male dies by suicide every 14.4 minutes in the United States. Wow. And males make up 49% of the population and they're 80% of the suicides. That's staggering statistic. Yeah. Well, to think, I mean, this podcast is going to be 40 something minutes long and to think that three men took their lives um, you know, and it's interesting, a female dies by suicide every 56 minutes in the U.S. Like who, I, I've never seen this statistic. I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually shocked and blown away. I, I never thought that I would uh, have so many people in my life that have taken their lives. And yeah, one you know, it, was a murder suicide. Yeah. Um, but luckily, he didn't follow through with the murder. He tried, and then he tried to take his own life, and he didn't, and the police got involved, but it would have been a murder-suicide. It was a setup, and it's like, oh, my gosh. So, yeah, well, you know, rough. Somebody once told me, too, that uh, you know, people that take their own life, they're not really trying to end their life. They're trying to end the thoughts that are in their mind. There's, like, there's a deep suffering and a pain that's literally going on inside them that they just don't know another way to escape it. And so... Right. You know, right. for me, I was like, man, what what was going on in my dad's mind that was causing him so much pain and suffering that he felt like that was the only way, you know? And yeah. And so for me, that's why I've, I've really dove into myself, like, you know, self-care and meditation, you know, things like that to, to learn from, you know, what my dad's maybe didn't have the resources or the knowledge of that. And so how can I learn from that to not repeat it? So that way my kids have a dad with them all like everything that I can control, like I'm here and even right. my grandkids and my, maybe my grandkids, kids. Right. Cause I, I, like, I want to be around, you know, it's just absolutely too much to, I see what my dad is missing out on, on being a grandfather to my, to my boys who are a lot of fun, challenging at times, but still a lot of fun. I was like, right. man, I want to be around for, if, if I am a grandkid one day, I, I want to be around for that. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. I, I think back to a long time ago, I don't know. We had a family conversation about suicide. It was in my teens. And uh, my grandma said, you know, one of, I don't know, it was me or someone in the room. They were talking about that. They said, well, you know, suicide makes the pain go away. And she said, what if it doesn't? What if, if you take your life and you do it to make the pain go away, but in the afterlife, the pain is still there. So you've done that. And I'm like, whoa. And just to put a different perspective on it, because that's the whole thing. You want the pain to stop. It's like, well, if there's a chance that it's going to be painful, you know, as a teenager. So you have a lot of, you have a lot of trials and tribulations as a teenager, sure. you know, especially yeah. it's, you know, as harsh that you experience that at 17 years old, but at 17 years old, you know, we're thinking all kinds of crazy thoughts. And it was, it was, it was just like, oh, okay, well, if it doesn't make the pain go away here and it's forever and eternity, it kind of kind of changes the perspective. But yeah, and it 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 leaves such a swath. I mean, like the impact on you. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, you know, something that I still, you know, work through 
20 years later. I mean, this is like a lifelong thing that I, yeah. and, and it even, and it affects my kids too, because whenever they ask like, where's Pop Allen? I say, well, you know, he, he passed away. And so we're, I'm, I'm talking about this with my three and my six year old, like, Oh, you know, they say, oh. Oh, Pop Allen passed away. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, man, I miss Pop Allen. I was like, they, you know, they weren't even a twinkle in my eye at that point. Right. But they'd still, and then they, and my six year old asked me, he's like, well, you know, what happened to him? And, and the best answer I could ever come up with was I was like, well, you know, how sometimes people's heart gets sick or people's lungs get sick. I was like, Papa Allen's brain was sick. And that's, you know, trying to like oh. help him like comprehend somewhat, like to give him a little bit of like six year old closure on why Papa Allen died. Right. Because, you know, you can't tell a six year old how what really happened because that would just be more, right. you know, I mean, right. or, or even they, they don't have the capacity to understand. So, you know, I think it's, it's something that I've been on a mission of like, how do I, you know, make sure that the the wheel of trauma stops with me and doesn't get passed on to my kids? Like, what are the things that I can do where the train stops here and I can, you know, they can grow up and be as healthy and responsible and, you know, not have to live through some of those deep traumas that I had. Everybody's going to go through something. Everybody has things to work through. And I'm not trying to right. take that away from them, their challenges, right. but right. things like that that I can control. I'm going to, you know, that's my goal is to try to do that as much as I can. So self-care, you mentioned meditation, I think is really important to give yourself that time. I think people that I know, if I just go down my, my hand to the people that I've taken their life, they have not focused on themselves. They focused on everybody else and they didn't focus on the trauma that they had and what they were going through. They just kind of, it was just there and festering, but they were worried about everybody else. And I think that self-care is really important. I think it feeds your soul. I think it calms you down, especially meditation, especially, you know, exercise. Um, I just saw a, a clip on on uh, on TikTok. It was that was Andrew Tate. You know, everybody knows who Andrew Tate. I actually just saw that he's the number one searched term on Google for 2022. Mm. Who is Andrew Tate? Very fascinating. You know, some people call him polarizing. Not this. Whether you like him or not, this was a conversation that he had, and I saw it on TikTok, and I found it quite fascinating. Someone reached out to him says he gets like thousands of emails. And the email said, I have nothing to live for. Um, if you don't answer this email, I'm taking my life. And he just happened to catch that one email. And he responded back and he said, I'm sorry that you want to take your life. I ask that you do this before you do that. And he asked you, he asked, said, I want you to go to the gym and get a six pack. When you have a six pack, reach back out to me and let's have a conversation. And so this guy says, okay. And so he went and then he gave him progress of, of, of the, um, of getting the six pack as he was getting it closer and closer and closer. And as he was getting almost to the six pack, he had more conversations, you know, via email with Andrew. And um, his mindset was changing. 
because he was focusing on the ag- exercise and, and his body. And I'm like, you know, that's, that's really great advice. Like that's, you know, as you know, your life is turning upside down. Let me give you the advice. Hey, cut out sugar and see where things are at or exercise or socialize. And I, I just found that really a unique perspective. And I, I, I just gotten millions of views. So, and I was thinking, I'm like, you know, I always tend to feel better when I go to the gym and just burn out, like just grind. You just feel better yeah, because your body's moving. And, and I think what happens is it, it goes into your brain. And I think it, it remaps what's going on in your brain. And it also adds fuel to your life. And I think, you know, just with exercise and movement, it's so important. But I think that might be one It also, you know, way. exercise uh, releases chemicals like endorphins, oxytocin, yeah. serotonin, those positive, yeah. you know, chemicals in your brain. And it's... Uh, you know, it, it, that's key because when the when the body moves, the brain grooves too, right? So it's like you're you're also exercising your brain. And one yeah. thing too that I do something simple is like just focus on breathing, like just taking some deep breaths in, trying wow. to get more oxygen to your brain. And nobody ever teaches us truly like how to breathe. We breathe very most of us breathe very shallow. You know, like extremely really, shallow. And, and so it's or it's through our mouth, you know. So we're now so yeah. our our brain is most I would say ninety five percent of of and this is just an offhand, but most of us are probably oxygen depleted because nobody really truly taught us how to breathe deeply to get, you know, to help us with our with well, oxygen well, levels. Yeah, not even just breathing, but also hydration. Mm-hmm. You know, people are so dehydrated that their brain doesn't function correctly. And it's called mental health. And, you know, it's a, usually a chemical imbalance. And there's a lot of things you can do without medicine to adjust the chemical makeup in your brain. One is exercise a lot. Two, eat healthy. And then three, drink a lot of water and be hydrated. When yeah. you're hydrated, your brain works so differently. It just well, yeah. does. And and it's also like, it's drinking water, but it's also cutting out things like soda, like the things that have yeah. all the additives, the syrups, the all the... Cause I mean, that also has a major effect as well. Like if you look at the stuff oh, yeah. that is in some of that, like, even like Gatorade it's supposed to be a thirst quencher. I'm like, there's no way. Like this is, this is not anything that I would want to recommend to athletes or, or whatever it is. I'm like, how is this, how is this hydrating? You know I mean? It goes back to like, you know, like in the mornings I wake up, the first thing I do is I, I have a glass of water, but I squeeze a lemon in it and I put some pink Himalayan salt. It's like natural Gatorade. But what it does. There you is, go. It gets your metabolism going. It gets you thinking in the right spot, but you also get hydrated as well. And you know, that's one of the first things to do is drink water because yeah. you know, it's been like eight hours you're sleeping. I guarantee you you're thirsty when you wake up. It's a long time not to drink anything. Yeah. I have a, I have a, a bottle of water, glass of water by my bed every, every night. I put it there. You know, that's one of the things that Hal Elrod talks about in the Miracle Morning is the way to, you know, the wake up. Have a glass of water as soon as you wake up. Yeah, it's like you know we talk. You know, it's like the yeah, fuel, the like, fuel. Uh, like in a gas. Like you know, if, if your if your brain's the engine, this is how I tell my kids. Like, hey, if your brain's the engine, water's the gasoline that's going to keep you moving. So 
you know, get you right. fueled up for the day. So you're 17 years old. Your dad takes his life. You're told, hey, Jason, now it's time for you to step up and be a man. You're not ready to do that, but you have to cope. And, you know, that's a hell of a burden to put on a 17-year-old mentally. And how did you, how did you transform from that? How did, where did you go? How did you, how did you get to where you are today? You know, I, I focused a lot on my faith and I asked, I asked God for mentors and I asked God for, for great people to be around me. And, you know, I, I had a very loving family that they were, they were there for me. I had uncles that reached out, you know, and cared about, you know, my well being. I had great friends in high school that were, that had great families too. And they all nice. I had, I had eyes watching on me too. And then, you know, one mentor I had, he just, he just listened. Like, you know, he was uh, somebody that was, he's like five years older than me. I went, I was doing young life in high school. That's a, you know, it's a, it's a place where college kids can mentor high school kids. So, you know, yeah. you're not, they're a little bit ahead of you in life, but, but almost, but still relatable. Right. And but right. the one thing they did was they never tried to like, you know, fix it. They never tried to give me suggestions or anything like that. They just said, Hey, like, I, I can't relate to you, but I can lend you an ear. And so you just got to get through it. Yeah. And, and that's, and, and to be honest, like I just, I got up and I faced it, uh, every day. And over time, you know, I just, I just believed at some point life would get better. Not to say that it's always going to be roses and sunshine and rainbows, but right. Like you got to give life a chance to get better because there's, there's, there's a lot of opposites and everything like with your worst moment, sometimes it could be, you have your best moment as well. If you give life a chance, if you do the things that are going to you know, like lead to happy, healthy, fulfilling life. Like if you make the right decisions, you're aware of the consequences. You surround yourself with great people, encouraging people, you know, I think, and that's what I just tried to do. I, I, I dove into trying to find great people to be around. And some of it was a blessing and some of it was, you know, me actively seeking it out, you know? So, um, just kind of that combination of just trying to be around great people. And I also, I also try to follow my intuition. Like I remember six months later, I was, uh, taking a tour at Missouri state university as the only school I toured and walking on there, it just felt right. I, I was like, I was like, mom, I think I need to go here. This is, and you know, she wasn't happy about it because it was two and a half hours away from home, you know, but I stuck with it. And then five years later, I ended up meeting my wife, you know? And so, wow. and so many great people along the way, I have so many great fond memories. And it was a way for me to kind of like start over too. Like I kind of got like, nobody had to know about what happened. I could kind of like find out who I really was as well, but I was close enough where I could go home if I needed to, you know? So, right. um, that was a lot of it too. It was just, just trusting my, my intuitive hunches and on, on and it's, and it's, seem to work out as I continue to grow and make a difference and try to help people understand the importance of taking care of yourself and your mental health. Yeah. Very important. You know, when you talk about overcoming anything, being 17 and overcoming the death of your father, especially by taking his own life, um, it's pretty remarkable and, and very, very inspirational. Thank you. I, uh, you know, I, I give a lot of glory to my family and, and to my faith. Um, you know, I don't know where I would be, honestly, if, if I was in another situation, you know, I just, you just learn that like, Hey, every decision matters. And when you figure that out, that every decision matters, 
and everything can snowball in, in a positive way or negative way. Just try to stack good decisions off good decisions off good decisions, you know, and then it's a, it's a compound interest effect. It's a multiplier effect. It just starts, you know, helping you start feeling better about yourself too. Yeah. Well, you know, you're a leader in mental fitness. We talked about breathing. We talked about meditation. We talked about health. Is there anything else that can have a significant impact on your mental fitness? You know, uh, I saw this one time, I think it was on a Lewis house like clip and he was, I can't remember who he was talking to, but they said the number one, uh, factor of life longevity is the quality of your relationships. And so, Absolutely. you know, we live in an era where a lot of stuff is like, you know, people are, are addicted to their devices or stuck on, you know, it's hard to have like genuine conversations sometimes now because people just don't have them as, as often, like sitting down next to people and just, you know, no distractions and just really getting to know people is kind of like a lost art in a lot of ways. But I would say, you know, the the better you're able to increase the quality of your relationships, the more enriching your life will be. It doesn't really matter how many you have, but as long as the ones that you do have are supportive, positive, you know, and, and engaging, thought-provoking, challenging, laughter, then that's one of the best medicines for mental health. Yeah. You know, the holidays are crazy and uh, my wife has kids and uh, I have a 23-year-old daughter and she's got some young kids and it was, uh, you know, everybody wants to make it so incredible for the kids. It's just so much. I, I get, I got so overwhelmed by the amount of gifts that were for all these kids. I mean, it just was a lot. It was almost too much. And, um, you know, I, I feel so blessed in that I was hanging out with my wife and uh, one of our friends was over and then we got a text from some other friends and it was like nine o'clock at night and then like, what are you doing? And we're just kind of decompressing and man, we all of a sudden just got together, had a mini party, um, up all night talking, laughing, being silly. Uh, just chilling and relaxing and just, you know, that's the one thing. And, and I say this on almost all of these shows is as someone who's had near death experiences and, and I invite anybody who's listening to, to learn from my near death experience or someone else's near death experience. When you're facing death and you think you're going to die. You don't think about anything materialistic. You don't think about really anything other than I wish I would have spent more time with. I wish I would have had more conversations with. I wish I would. It's all about quality time and connecting. You know, I, I'm, you know, there's big giant parties for New Year's and um, we're going to hang out with a bunch of friends at a place we like to go. and you know, just ring in the new year with a bunch of people that we like and ring in the new year, just kind of laughing and being silly and just having that sense of community. And, and I think that it's so important. It's so important. And if you're, you know, an introvert and you're, you're not around a bunch of people, figure out a way to get around a bunch of people because 
your family and your friends want you to be around. And uh, I, I just have a big smile on my face of how wonderful those conversations were. You know, that's, yeah, I think that's it's uh, so it, it just it just fuels you. It is yeah. so great. That's one of the great. We stayed up all night talking. We stayed up all night. I'm like, oh my god, the sun's up. It was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the greatest gifts you can get somebody is a memory of like great conversations or like you know things that you know you just you just shared experiences together, right? Like of, of fun memories and that. You know, that's why they call it the present, right? That's it's it's what kind of gift can you give somebody by being present with them, by actually acknowledging yeah. them and and giving them you know attention is something that is is what everybody is looking for. And so whenever you can give somebody that your full attention, they feel valued, heard and cared about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, there's nothing, there's nothing like that. And, and I think that that's really a key to mental health is slowing things down a bit. You know, life is so fast and crazy, like just, Man, I was I was looking at the news just a couple minutes before we got on. I'm like, oh my god, bliss bubble. It, it, you know, I just have to go with not my circus, not my monkeys. It's just I just I gotta let it just be over there. I can't I can't deal with any of that stuff. I'm just gonna take care of my little pod of people because. It's a wild one out there. Yeah, I mean, it's it goes back to the thing of like you know control what you can control because there's a whole lot of exactly in. and yeah. spending any energy on that you're taking away energy that you could spend on the things that you can control. So, um, and all people do that they spend so much energy on something that they have no impact on. It's gonna just happen. Whatever it is is gonna happen. Like I have a friend, they are so stressed out about aliens, extraterrestrials invading Earth. And, you know, they've seen the lights and they've seen the other stuff. And I'm like, look, first of all, if you stay in the very present moment in your life, it will reduce depression and anxiety. If you're living in the past, Depression is going to, you know, rear its ugly head. And if you live in the future, anxiety is right there knocking on your door. So I said, until you see those alien spacecraft coming in and doing whatever they're going to do, if you feel they're going to attack you, uh, you can't really worry about it because you can't stop it. You have no power to stop it. But you're 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 depleting all of your life force and all of your joy, and and they've become consumed by that aliens are going to come over and take over the planet. And I said, I hope that doesn't happen. Like I really hope that doesn't happen. There's enough crazy in the world. I I actually saw my bingo card for alien invasion. It actually is there because everything else has happened. Like everything else has happened. Um, and then, you know, in Phoenix, you have the lights and you just saw the thing in Vegas over that strip club, the big giant ship with the lights or whatever. Um, I have a friend that saw a plane that, and this is someone, it's just, I just, 
it blows my mind because this is someone who doesn't believe in anything and they swear they saw a, place, a plane in the sky stopped, but there, like a, a glitch in the matrix. And so just, no, not even hovering, just not moving. It was just like in the sky. You could hear it, but it wasn't going anywhere. And it was right over there. And I'm like, I don't try to answer any of that stuff anymore. So, you know, with all the, the morass of crazy, and not even more crazy, but just really unique things that are happening in the world today, it's really important to, to, to spend time with your family and your friends. Because honestly, you never know when it's the last time. And it's really important to, you know, cherish the people in your life and also to look out for them. Like, you know, hey, Jason, how you doing? And what did you say? Hey, Jason, how are you today? Go ahead and answer. Yeah, I mean, you know, all is well overall, but, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Was- Most people say great. Yeah. And, and then what I've done, because I've been around and, and I've feel somewhat guilty because I haven't paid attention or didn't notice that people were struggling it's interesting if you say, hey, how are you doing? And you say, great. And then you stop and you look at them. Or if you're on the phone, you just change your cadence and say, Jason, how are you doing? And nine times out of 10, uh, it's going to be a different answer. You know, I'm really struggling or this or that. And you can kind of dial in and maybe give someone uh, some assistance or point them in a direction or just let them know how much you love them. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people just want to know that, that somebody cares about them and that's, or somebody's able to like listen to them, right? Most of the time people have an idea of how to solve some of their problems, but they just need somebody like to lend a listening ear once in a while. And I think that's one of the great things we can do as well as just, you know, be a sounding board or a listening ear for somebody as well. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of listening, I want to thank you today for having a conversation with me and allowing um, many, many people to listen to this conversation and, and really take a look at their lives and the lives of others and really understand that you can really get through anything and that we are very strong people and that we need to love and let people around us know how much love we have for them because they might be struggling. So Jason, man, I want to say thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Well, again, Rob, thanks for having me, man. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation and uh, happy new year. And I hope you have a great 2023. Absolutely. Hey, if you want to reach Jason, you can reach him at four. That's the number four D athletes.com and also i think you have a podcast yeah it's actually on our uh it's the 40 athletes podcast you can find it on Podopolo as well so check us out on there Podopolo, it's Podopolo, baby Podopolo. there we go i know i messed that up Podopolo. Uh, yeah that's all good thanks jason thank you so much for your support and taking the time out of your busy and precious day to listen We so appreciate it. Thank you for allowing me along my very special guests to touch your heart. 
move your soul, and inspire you to live a life of transformation. I'm Rob Actis. Welcome to 2023. Until next time. This is Life Transformation Radio. Download complete.